Hello, my name is David Thompson from the Fraser Valley in British Columbia. With a message for those that are hungry and thirsty for reality, for ultimate meaning and destiny, there is a reason for which you exist and all things exist. It is found in the ultimate perfection and manifestation of love, which happens to be the very life source of all existence and of reality. I am talking about an ultimate perfection of love that is so pure and beyond anything that you can comprehend. It is who the one true eternal God is. And I should say right at this point, for those that are new, go and check out my website at ultimatemeaning.com. I have a flip book there with very original writing by the gifting of the Spirit of God through me. And there are many links in there that are highlighted in red to videos, amazing videos from many fields of science and archaeology confirming the reality of everything I am sharing here. Yes, God's love always chooses the highest lasting good over any lesser choice. Any lesser choice as such would have a measure of corruption in it. This love is so pure that it is a blazing fire of judgment against all that is contrary to this love that always chooses the highest lasting good. It is the integrity of God's love, the purity of his love. Otherwise, it wouldn't be real love. Love does not condone what is contrary to love. What's amazing about this love is that it is not only so integrous and pure that it will not tolerate the slightest that is contrary or that would rebel against this love who is God, the one true eternal God. But it is transcendent in that God always from the infinite past had the capacity in his being to take judgment upon himself as a perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice, as happened in Jesus Christ on the cross. Yes, God is great enough that he can communicate with his creation and come down to one little speck of a planet which is like a speck of dust in the midst of all the grains of dust and sand in this earth, and communicate with his creatures. He did so in Genesis 18 with Abraham. There was three angels at the tent. Just, I guess, maybe about ten feet ahead, he was through the heat of the day, and he looks up, and he knows they're not just ordinary people. He says, can I make a meal for you? And they said, go ahead. And he makes a wonderful meal. And they eat. And he addresses one of them as Yahweh, which is the most sacred name for God in the Old Testament of the Bible. You have often in the King James Version or English versions, the word Lord God, which in the original Hebrew is Yahweh, meaning the ultimate reality, and God, which is Elohim, meaning the Almighties, referring to the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And yes, God's love is this great. There is no love that can be imagined that is greater than this love, that God would condescend to this world 
and become a perfect atoning substitutionary sacrifice on the cross for you. Humble himself more than you, a mere creature. Suffer more than you, a mere creature. Can you comprehend that? It's beyond comprehension. So that you could choose to be forgiven and reconciled to God. There is no love that can be imagined that is greater than this or that could exist that would be greater than this. There is no love that could be an ultimate trustworthiness like this, that it would be worthy of containing unlimited power, unlimited life, and authority without being corrupted by it or using it in a corrupt way, and thus is indicative of being the very source who is, who the one true God could only be, is this perfection of love. And also, he could only be in three personages to an rule over the three ultimate aspects of existence, which are beyond creation, as the Father expressed into creation. The word Son means expression as the Son and filling all dimensions and aspects of creation and beyond creation in omnipresence is the Holy Spirit, the three ultimate aspects of existence, beyond creation, in creation, and in omnipresence, filling all dimensions of existence. You have to be in three personages simultaneously to be ruling over that. And so there is only one God, and he is in three personages in a synergistic fellowship within himself with the Father and the Son in fellowship with the Holy Spirit and so on. And yes, this is good news. And I am here to share with those that have been reconciled to God through Jesus Christ. This is a message to the churches throughout the United States and Canada and around the world. In this hour of such grave crisis, You only have to go to my site at either ultimatemeaning.com or loverealize.com where I have links right on the homepage there that you will find. They will make you a good watchman over your nation that from sources of news that are not lying, that validate their sources with integrity because almost all the news media nowadays are lying to you continually. They've been infiltrated for the last 30 years by the Chinese Communist Party and by globus elitists that are anti-God, atheistic, and want a globalist communist government to make you a bunch of serfs and take away your liberties and freedoms and give you a miserable life so that they have all the power. And that's what's happening. That's what's happening right now. And so that this COVID thing is just part of it. It's a big farce. I mean, yes, COVID exists. Yes, all of those things are real. But the vaccines are now known that the people that are taking many of them are dying in unprecedented numbers. This is from the, some of the largest insurance companies. Increase in death, 40%. Over the last 200 years, with the greatest plagues and so on, only 10%. The U.S. Army, same thing. They're being forced to take these vaccines, which are a bioweapon. And they're, for example, the whistleblowers that downloaded all of this, 
to various lawyers, which you can see at Renz-Law.com. Renz is R-E-N-Z-Law.com. You will see there that, for example, the neurological damage to those that have had two or more vaccines, or is it three or more? I've forgotten now. The neurological damage increased by 1,080%, many deaths. Many U.S. jets have recently crashed because the soldiers have been ruined. You have in Canada here just this last week, six young doctors in the prime of life, healthy doctors. I don't know if they're all super young, but most of them were. One was swimming, dropped dead. Another one running, dropped dead instantly from myocarditis, which is caused by these vaccines. So we're living in a serious time where there are powers that are seeking to take over the world. And so I have a message today to give, and I give these messages by the casting of Lot before the Lord. Why do I do that? Well, because the Word of God says in 1 Peter 4, 11, if any man speak, let him speak as the oracles of God. In other words, we are to speak, seek to allow God by his Spirit to speak through us when we gather together as believers. That's how the early church practiced. Everyone was free to share. As the Spirit of God moved on them, they spoke. And in Revelations 19.10, it says, Worship God for the testimony of Jesus is the Spirit of prophecy. When we worship God in great reverence and humility and in spirit and in truth out of reverence for God, we are filled with the Spirit in an overflow beyond ourselves that results in creative utterances that are prophetic or as the oracles of God. And we are seek to cultivate that when we come together and it's greatly lacking sad state of affairs. We are all called to be a kingdom of priests in these last days, corporately, to shine forth in our communities as the body of Christ. And so I want to share with you today that I also cast lots to get the possibility of two chapters in order to facilitate what God would be saying to speak as the oracles of God. So, those two chapters bear witness with each other as to the theme of what God is wanting to say by his spirit time and time again. And when it doesn't happen, it's usually because I'm going through a trial and maybe there's some kind of thing in my life that God doesn't like or something else. That does happen sometimes. And I know it. I finally know it afterwards. I've been going through a lot of terrible trials right now, the worst in my life. It's broken me. It's crushed me. I'm not going to share what that's about. But I'm here to share the word of God today because I know God somehow by his grace is going to deliver me from the situations that I find myself in financially, actually, more than anything right now. I'm praying for his help. Anyhow, I'm trying to do my best. So I want to share with you what I received by the casting of Lot today. It's a very important message and both those chapters do indeed confirm each other as they often do, almost always, except the odd time when I might have done something that displeased the Lord or whatever else. 
or I'm not supposed to preach or whatever. But before I do, I also seek to get a song that will fit with that particular theme. So today, and I always want it to be a song I, I don't know that's new because I'm adding more and more songs. And I'm very fussy. So this one is a kind of a different song, not from the hymn book that I use from Living Stream Ministry, which has an awful lot of nice hymns that are in this hymn book of 1080 hymns. But this is one of the older hymns and so this sounds like it's from some English church, but it's a beautiful hymn. And the theme, I will say before I mention the chapters, is on the second coming of Jesus Christ. So right now we're going to sing this song, which I've never heard before. It's a little different than some of the ones I usually choose. But I always choose ones that have really beautiful music in the background with it. So here's the one we have today. Here we go.
glory that made to us is love. Yes, God is love, as it says in 1 John. And so I want to share now with you the two chapters that I received by the casting of Lot before the Lord today on July the 5th of 2022, Friday. I received Luke 21, which is on the second coming of Christ, and Exodus 7, which fits in with the same theme very much appropriately. Both of these chapters are about God multiplying his signs and wonders to harden the people who are against God and also to bring in the harvest of souls and bring forth his people as his corporate bride into communion with him. God also uses the two prophets, not only in Exodus 7, which is Aaron and Moses, but also in Revelation, which have a similar ministry to Moses and Aaron at this very last end time, just before Christ returns in marriage with his people to rule on the earth. And so first of all, I want to read from Luke 21, 24 to 28, and this is what we read. And this is Christ talking about what will happen in the last days. And they shall fall by the edge of the sword and shall be led away captive into all nations. And Jerusalem shall be trodden down of the Gentiles until the times of the Gentiles be fulfilled. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars. And upon the earth distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth, for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. And then shall they see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And when these things begin to come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. Now, this passage in Luke 21 is also very parallel with Matthew 24, which even gives more detail than this particular passage. But you do see the same pattern, the same chronology being described. First of all, there is the persecution of genuine believers around the world and of the scattering of the nation of Israel to the far corners of the earth, which has already happened. And then there comes a point when the times of the Gentiles are fulfilled. We are living in a time right now where that time of the Gentiles is very close to being fulfilled. It says in Matthew 24 that this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for witness unto all nations, and then shall the end come. Do you know that the Wycliffe Bible translators and other translating organizations are doing the last languages that will have the Bible? It's accelerating. They, I believe, predict it to be done by the year 2000. 30, if I remember right, all languages upon the earth having the Bible. 
We also see that Israel has been scattered and has been brought back as a nation in 1948. We see that there has been persecution from the time of Constantine, I should say not Constantine, from the time of the early church in the book of Acts till now, as is described here in Luke 21. But the time is now coming where the times of the Gentiles is near completion. And when that happens, the big event that then happens is the shaking of the cosmos itself. So we read here, and there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring, men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth. Why? Because the powers of heaven shall be shaken. It is at that time when the powers of heaven are shaken that the whole world will see Christ returning. Oh, we hear lots of people talking about the translation of the saints or the rapture of the saints and that we will escape all of these judgments. Let me make it very clear that in the book of Luke here, 21, that we're reading, and also in Matthew 24, the pattern is the same. The chronological pattern is described. <clears throat> and so, though I wasn't planning to go to Matthew 24, I think I will right now, just turn to Matthew 24. So we're going to go to Matthew 24 just to point out a few things in that chapter, which is in more detail than Luke, but is totally saying the same thing as Luke as far as chronology and what happens. And so in this passage here, the persecution is described, but there's also the emphasis that there's going to be false prophets that shall rise and deceive many, which Christ also mentions in Luke 21, take heed that no man deceive you. And it says, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Now, the next verse reveals that the times of the Gentiles is fulfilled because it says, When you therefore shall see the abomination of desolation spoken of by Daniel the prophet stand in the holy place, whoso readeth let him understand. Now that's referring to the Antichrist setting himself up as God in the temple and doing things that are abominable. Now the abominable to the Jewish or the Judaism which will be restored. Now, right now, Israel is very close to having everything restored as far as rebuilding that temple and reinstituting animal sacrifices for their sins. But the Antichrist is going to come on the scene and set himself up as God. And there's so many amazing things I could tell you about even this. I can tell you that if you go to my site at ultimatemeaning.com, there is YouTube videos on the section that's talking about archaeology that talks about Ron Wyatt and his discovery of digging a tunnel. After, and this is a man of God that spoke prophetically, and God said the 
Ark of the Covenant is there. And he dug with his team. And you can see the videos of him digging with his team in the photos. It's not real. It's, it's a real thing that happened. And he, I think it was three years of digging tunnels in there. He found the Ark. And it's a long story. I can't go into it now for time, but you can watch the video. They also found the three cross holes where Christ was crucified above the ark. And when that earthquake happened, the blood dripped onto the mercy seat of the ark. They also took the sample of that blood to the Israeli authorities there. No one's going to let you know about this. They, they said, well, you can't. It's dead blood. Nothing. You can do nothing. But they still, he said, he insisted. They mix it with some liquid and it came to life. And it revealed that the male was not a normal human. It came from blood. That blood came from God. It was the blood of God that was shed on the cross because it was the Holy Spirit that birthed Christ in the womb of Mary, not another man. But anyhow, that's a little sidetracking from this, but here is what I want to share here is that we are living in a time just before this, and the emphasis is that we should be those that are prepared. What does it say in Luke here? We go on to read in Luke 21, 34 to 36, and take heed to yourselves, lest at any time your hearts be overcharged with surfeiting and drunkenness and cares of this life, so that day come upon you unawares. For as a snare shall it come on all them that dwell on the face of the whole world. Or the whole earth. Watch ye therefore, and pray always that ye may be counted worthy to escape all these things, that shall come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Now you're probably wondering, I was talking about the rapture and I kind of left it off. There in, uh, you're saying, oh, you start talking about this, you didn't finish. Well, I will. Because I want to point out in Matthew 24, the rapture, in context of us being those that are counted worthy to escape all these things as is mentioned here in Luke 21. What does it say in Matthew 24 about the rapture in relation to the fact that both of these chapters talk about the whole world seeing the return of Christ? Here's the pattern that's very clearly revealed. There's going to be a time of rule under the Antichrist. And I do want to mention here, before I go ahead, get into that, that right now it would look and seem as if the Antichrist world system is taking over the whole world. We see, you know, the COVID reset. We see Klaus Schwab openly talking. He wrote a book that came out in July or was it August? I think it was July of 2020 called the COVID reset. Almost like, yeah, it was planned. Yeah, they did find the war games for COVID-19. Yeah, they have found the war games for other things that they've been playing. And then these things come to pass because they have all the wealth. So you have Klaus Schwab, the world's most dangerous man, who's got the World Economic Forum with all of his disciples like Trudeau in it, Macron, the president of the United States, Biden's been attending that and others. And what, are the, what does he talk about in his book? Very plainly in his book, he says this, that they must reduce the world's population 
from 7 billion down to 1 billion. And he talks about how they're going to do it right in there. I have the quote, it's in my introduction to the book I'm writing on life after death, actually. Um, I don't have it in front of me right now. I don't need to quote it exactly. It's there they talk about it. But this time, when it seems like the Antichrist is taking over through using COVID and other things and causing all of these problems, stealing the election in the United States, etc., etc. Here's the thing. They're going to be overthrown. I really believe that. I believe God is going to come on the scene and reveal his power to deliver the nations in this hour as his people turn back to him and repent and never go back to being the church the way they were. Mediocre, mediocre churches and Christianity. There's no place for it. And it's boring. We want life that's abundant. And it's only found in a church that's totally in love with God, that knows the wholeness that comes out of a life of holiness. We all go through a process, a painful dying to self, that undoes and purifies us from a life of unholiness to wholeness. But once we enter into holiness, we experience the wholeness of God in our inner being that gives us the strength to rise above all the temporal things that would be manipulated baits, that would take us away from that flowing abundance of love and of life that we can experience flowing from out of our innermost being. Now, I haven't got to the rapture yet, I know, but I will. It's in here. It's in here in Matthew 24. So we have this time of great tribulation described in Matthew 24, 21. And except those days should be shortened, there should no flesh be saved. But for the elect's sake, those days shall be shortened. Then there's great deception. People are calling themselves Christ. And so on. And then what does it say? Warns us against false Christs and false prophets that will come on the scene, which are also described in the book of Revelation the Antichrist, the false prophet, and so on. And then it says this, that during this time of great deception, there's coming this, for as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth even unto the west, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. That's like a flash of lightning going across the sky from east to west. And then he says, for wherever the carcass is there, will the eagles be gathered together. In other words, death attracts death. Those that love death will be attracted to the vanities of this world, which only have death in them. Life is only found in holiness, a pure relationship with God that brings wholeness, because it brings the life of God to dwell in our inner being. And so we see here in this passage, the next emphasis is what is it saying? It's saying here that the Lord is going to return and that there's going to be a sudden attraction, just like eagles are attracted to death. It's going to be like a magnet. Suddenly, people are going to just 
be translated into the very presence of God. But then after that, it says immediately after the tribulation of those days, when the sun is darkened and the moon doesn't give her light. So after that great tribulation, the sun will be darkened. The moon, this is right towards the end of the Antichrist. The sun, the moon will be darkened after the greatest period of suffering as the Antichrist's reign is coming to an end. And then was it say, it's, and then shall appear the sign of the Son of Man in heaven and then shall all tribes of the earth mourn, and they shall see the Son of Man coming in the clouds, which are the multitudes of angels that are with him. It looks like clouds. The clouds of heaven with power and great glory. And he shall send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they shall gather together as elect from the four winds of heaven, from one end of heaven to the other. So what is happening here? is that these angels sound and those that are no God and have that pure, that right relationship with God are translated into the very presence of God. But at the same time, there is also an event where they're seeing the strange appearance in outer space getting bigger and bigger. As the Son of Man returns... And it says in Revelations, they'll cry for the mountains and the rocks to fall on them and to hide them from the wrath of the Lamb for the great day of his wrath has come and who shall be able to stand? As the presence of God begins to invade the earth, which is on scientific terms, according to secular scientists, the fifth dimension, and it begins to merge with this mere, very inferior physical third dimension, people will not be able to die. It says in Revelation, Isaiah, not 24, but I believe 26, if I remember right, that the earth will not any longer, that they will, it will disclose her blood. It will disclose the blood of the slain. They will not, it won't any longer be buried. Things are going to come to life. The presence of God comes. And so we see how Basically, these things will unfold. And the Lord will set up his kingdom. He will come on the Mount of Olives. The question is, are we going to be counted worthy to escape all these things that come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man? That requires that we are therefore those that are watching and praying always that we might be counted worthy. Now we have Exodus chapter 7. And we read here in Exodus chapter 7, Thou shalt speak all that I command thee, and Aaron thy brother shall speak unto Pharaoh, that he send the children of Israel out of his land. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart and multiply my signs and wonders in the land of Egypt. But Pharaoh shall not hearken unto you, that I may lay my hand upon Egypt and bring forth mine armies and my people, the children of Israel, out of the land of Egypt by a great judgment. In the last days, God is going to also multiply his signs in the heavens and his signs through his true prophets, which are described in Revelations chapter 11, and I will mention that too as well. And when these things happen, 
people are going to harden themselves against God on the one hand, and there's going to be a great multitude of people that are going to become open to the gospel. Even now, those signs are beginning to multiply, and people are becoming desperate as they see the evil that is seeking to take over the world, but it will be broken, and there will be a big harvest of souls. But then after that, where there's a time of peace for maybe only four years or not a long time probably, then the Antichrist will come on the scene. And that oppression will come over the whole earth. But these conceited elite people that think they're somebody and that they're little gods and that they're going to reduce the world's population got another thing coming. It's God that decides how many people are going to die on the earth, not these fools which have borne witness against themselves that they are deliberately committing mass genocide, which is very evidence from these vaccines that are killing people left and right. So I want to share with you what it says in Revelations 11, 2 to 7, concerning the two prophets. But the court which is without the temple, leave out and measure it not, for it is given unto the Gentiles, and the holy city shall they tread underfoot forty and two months. This is the times of the Gentiles coming to an end, after forty and two months. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and threescore days, which I think is something like three and a half years, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before the God of the earth. And if any man will hurt them, fire proceedeth out of their mouth and devoureth their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be killed. These have power to shut heaven that it rain not in the days of their prophecy, and a power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that ascendeth out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. And we know that their body lies in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called Sodom and Egypt, which is Jerusalem, for three days and three nights in the whole world that's been deceived by the Antichrist and all of their godless teachings sends gifts to one another and then they're shocked because they see them rise from the dead and ascend to heaven. You know what happens right after that? The Lord lands on the Mount of Olives with ten thousands of his saints. But before that happens, the nations are surrounding Israel with their military armies and are seeking to destroy it, and it will probably be destroyed in two days, according to someone that died and saw this all, which is in my book. You can watch it on the YouTube video. It's a 15-year-old boy. 15-year-old boy, um sees coming of Messiah, you would, would probably bring it up on YouTube. And uh, there, he's interviewed by these Orthodox people. And I think a lot of the things he saw are the reality of what actually is going to happen. So Israel can only hold off these armies for two days. Two thirds of Israel is taken. They're tortured. They're led captive. But at that point, in Jerusalem, the Lord returns. And these two prophets rise from the dead, one on one side of the Mount of Olives, the other on the other side. And then the Mount of Olives splits in half. The Lord is standing there. 
And those that are all counted worthy, he can smell those that genuinely fear or reverence him, that know him. They are not destroyed. He, he destroys, the, there's a mighty earthquake on the whole earth, which is described in many places in Isaiah and in Revelation. This earthquake causes the towers of the nations to fall, as is described in the scripture. But wherever there are believers, there's no destruction. Wherever there are believers around the world, there's no destruction. They're worshiping him in the midst of the destruction and the, of the fires. As is mentioned in Isaiah 24, they will praise him in the midst of the fires. Wherever there's believers, they live. But the presence of God fills the earth with such a brightness and a glory that the wicked, when they breathe in the air, they become ashes. This is how it happens. Are you going to be one of those that is in such a love relationship with God that loved you so much that he poured his life onto death and his blood and body broken for you? Are you going to fall into love with the one that loves you so much and receive him the very ultimate manifestation and perfection of love? He will give you the strength to be freed of the things that we all tend to grasp onto. I still do and struggle with things sometimes. But we let go. And the more completely we are dead, the more we are into holiness and wholeness, into a place where we are counted worthy to escape all these things and to be in that deeper love relationship with God, where we can be those that are translated into his very presence. Let us not be, de be deceived. Yes, anyone that genuinely believes from their heart in Christ and seeks to live for him will be saved, I believe. But there's a danger believing in a false gospel that you can just live any way you want and not live a holy life. That's a deception. Brothers and sisters, when we really are born again, we are convicted any time we sin because that seed, that divine nature is in us. We're convicted of sin and we want to repent. And he's calling the church now to repent. And I'm just going to say in clothing here, closing here, I have a book called God, Headship and Body Invasion, which you can purchase on Amazon. And it has everything in it that you can do as a corporate body to not limit the fullness of the glory of God from inhabiting your assembly. Also, that applies individually to you. So check that out. Now, I've gone way over time in this message. But thank you for listening to this message and God bless you. And do support me by purchasing that book. And when I get the other book on life after death up there, I think it's going to be a bestseller. So we'll see what happens with that. But in the meantime, it's difficult in my life financially, but I'm persevering. So do try to support me if you can on my website at loverealize.com where you can donate. It's not, I don't, I'm not a nonprofit. Maybe I should organize to be one, but appreciate your help if God so leads you. Thank you for listening to this message.